What's up, YouTube? What's going on, everyone? It is Matt Martin with the Grass Factor coming at you today. It is eleven twenty-six after Thanksgiving, and what a beautiful, beautiful time of year it is. Let's see what exactly we've got going on right now. Caesar, what is going on, my man? It was. It was another great week. Um, it was not a good week if you are a Vol fan. And if you are a Vol fan, today was a very interesting day. What's going on, Alfred? How are you, sir? <laughs> Tune on in and try and get you some more better rolling on in there. That was, uh, going on TNT Enterprises. I had a great Thanksgiving. I hope all of y'all had a, had a great Thanksgiving. Um, it was, uh, it was eventful. It was eventful. Too hot here. 89 for Thanksgiving. Armando, what's going on, my man? How are you, sir? How are you? Uh, 89 is hot for Thanksgiving. That's super hot. Caesar, I forgot where you said you were. Aren't, aren't you in Arizona? Is that right? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, no, Thanksgiving was great. I hope all of y'all had, a, had a, a great Thanksgiving. You ate something you enjoyed. Say um, <laughs> no to Shiano. Uh, Eli, I drove by campus just to see what was going on there. And sure enough, at um at the uh cat bird feeder i'm rolling on the 72 inch uh at neyland stadium there is a big protest going on and apparently they have stopped the deal with chiano for those of you that don't know um ut was in the process of hiring a new head coach and um uh, Nobody was a fan of what was going to be happening. So anyway, I believe the Twitter here of Vol Football has put an end to um, the hire that was going to be Greg Schiano, which I'm very happy about. Very happy about. Uh, he seems to be not a good human being. Sorry for any people that are fans of his. I'm not. So there we go. How about them apples? All right, let me get back to my screen here and see what's going on. Oh, Andy Burleson. What's going on, my man? My buddy out in Oregon. Uh, Andy, if I had a property that fizzled out and was turning yellow... What would I do to turn around quick before winter? Uh, low 40s, mid 50s. Man, what's going on, Shane? I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you got to take some time off and chill out for a little while. Uh, Andy, you know my go-to. If I need quick pops, it's going to be ammonium sulfate. And, um, and if you've got temperatures like that, I'd go ahead and, and throw down some, some good iron with it. And um, a good good rate of iron, and go ahead and uh, get that bad boy watered in. Uh, 
Rob Hawkins, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I did, Rob. Had a great one. I hope you had a great one. I need to put out some ammonium sulfate in or some urea. No rain in sight. Will the nitrogen dissipate if it's not watered in soon after the application? In time, Rob, it can. Yeah, it can definitely uh, degradate. So um, it would be best to get some water on it. However, um, you know, how long is that going to take? In this type of weather, you may be looking at two weeks or longer and to get some good degradation taking place. So uh, if it were me, I would just go ahead and get it down and save yourself the headache of having to play catch up after the fact. So um, if it remain down, you know, you may you may get a um, a good little freak rain catch up or something and, uh, and get that watered in for you. Uh, 18.50 with 5% iron, yes. Yes, that will definitely do the trick. Don't be scared to throw it down. Put it down at a at a pound, and uh, and uh, yeah, and you know wear it out. Uh, and, and in fact, you can go a pound and a quarter. You can probably go a pound and a half. Say I'd say a pound though will get you, because um, that's going to be a pretty significant amount of iron going down. So uh, yeah, I would I would definitely. And chances are it's probably fizzling out right now because, you know, we're having that sustained growth area where um, it's chewing through that nitrogen so quickly and you don't have enough down to uh, keep it keep it moving. Um, so if you put down two pounds of in in the fall and it's already utilized that two pounds, it could be starting to fizzle out. And it's just it's asking for more saying feed me. It's kind of the problem as we start moving into these uh, these winters that tend to last until, you know, Christmas time. Like I know here we'll probably end up getting our last cuts on yards until until about Christmas time. So I put down two pounds in now, but I mean some of them look like they could definitely use a, a, a good another feeding moving into the dormant period. So. And that's the other thing, too, is that we don't actually really ever go dormant with, with our, our, our turf grasses here. Bermuda grass will go dormant, um, but that's that's about it. Fescue doesn't really – it'll slow down growing um, where we may not have to cut it. We may have to cut it once the month of January, um, and then the end of February, you know, really start, start cutting it normally again. So, uh, it, you know, chances are if it's starting to fizzle out, man, just, yeah, you got to feed it when you got to feed it. It's time to go for it. And as long as you ground it and frozen, you know, you're not really causing any issues. Uh, Armando, you got you a GC, you got a grass pack, a GCF, uh, Green County Fertilizer Starter Pack. Uh, how can I maximize work and profits with this? I got the RGS Tumate Miners and Air 8. All right, Armando. <laughs> okay. So this is where I, I, let me be upfront and honest about this. When I met John Perry, John Perry is the founder and owner of Green County Fertilizer. He told me that through using humates and his humic material to more efficiently deliver nitrogen, I could cut my end rates by maybe up to half. And I called him a liar. I mean, we, I mean, it was it was no secret. I was very vocal about it. And he held a um, a conference call for me and a group of people on the professional lawn care applicator group. And 
I, I told him, you know, you're, you're full of it. You're a liar. I, I don't believe you. Um, and, uh, and it, Anyway, that was the whole reason I bought the RGS to try it. And it's amazing the difference I see on products. I mean, on properties that had the RGS versus the properties that have not had the RGS. So Armando, what I would ask you to do is combine your RGS, your Humates uh, with a lower rate of N and your miners and go out on a property with that. So where you may be accustomed to putting down a pound of N, go out with a half pound in and add your RGS and your miners and treat that property it against a different property where you pull down a full pound of in. And, uh, and because you're only using half the in rate, um, you should make up that cost savings there. Uh, and in fact, I know some people that, that even go out with like a quarter pound of in with their RGS and miners. And they're getting the same result as a full pound of in with a traditional granular type product. So uh, experiment with your rates. You know, get a, get a little uh, there. Go ahead, go ahead and super cut your cut your in rates and uh, apply in conjunction with your RGS and your miners, and see what kind of impact you get out of it. As far as the air eight, air eight's going to have a um, higher rate of potassium hydroxide in it. So. Uh, I would probably target that one um, in cool season grasses as you begin to get that strong surge of, of growth. So April time frame uh, here for us, I'd probably get down a product like the Air 8 and some miners as well, just to, just to see what kind of impact you get there. And, uh, and if you are cutting your inputs by that much, you should be saving money by using the, um, the Green County product. So that'll be, that'll be my plug with them. Uh, Matt, would you recommend applying RGS with ammonium sulfate or RGS with Green County 1801's last application or 3208? Let's go. Um, Tony, really, it's up to you, man. It's up to you. It's whatever fits your budget. Um, 1801 and ammonium sulfate um, are going to be about the same thing. Um, so really, it's your choice on that. Uh, as far as the 3208, let's go too. Uh, yeah, you can you can do that as well. So, um, you know, really, it's it's just your your budget preference. Um, in terms of results, I don't think you're going to see a result difference from the ammonium sulfate and RGS versus the 1801 and RGS. Um, but I think you will see a difference with the RGS plus fertilizer versus a 3208 Lesco. So uh, you kind of pick your poison there. One gallon each, that's a good little amount of work real quick. Yeah, man, you know, with a gallon each, yeah, you should definitely get a couple of acres in, at least get an acre in um, with four different products. So that's, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. 60, 65 degrees in the day for the next week. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, your, your prime time temperature's there. So uh, I think you are... Uh, I think you're good to go. Brad Grossman here. I'm a DIY guy. Got my hands on some 1801 Green Punch and RGS. They are in milk jugs, so I have no label. How often can I apply it on Bermuda and Florida? Also, the one application I did had amazing results. Uh, Brad, as far as how often, um, really, that's up to you. I would, 
I, I honestly don't know the 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 rates on the 1801. I don't have a label in front of me. I, I've never used the 1801. So I would ask the guys at Green County what they recommend as far as timing. Um, for me, if I'm doing a liquid fert like that, I'm probably doing it monthly uh, during the active growing season. You're in Florida, so I would say you've got a pretty long growing season. So I'd say I'd say monthly as far as uh, getting it down. Phil Cagle says, when applying TNEX growth regulator, Trinax back, you decrease your nitrogen inputs as well. Uh, Philip, it depends on what you're looking to do. Okay, so if you're going for an aggressive growing program, um, no, I would not decrease your nitrogen inputs. Um, but if you're doing it as just a maintenance application, then yes, uh, you would go ahead and cut your your nitrogen inputs. So uh, again, it just it it all depends on what kind of result you're actually going after. Um, for instance, when I was using it on uh, the ball fields and I was in the growing phase, I was still putting down a pound, pound and a quarter a month, and was using. Uh, eight ounces of uh, Trinaxipac, and then this previous year per month, I was putting down uh, probably about three quarters of a pound to a half pound and using six ounces of T-Nex. So um, again, really just, it depends on the type of maintenance you are going for. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Um, I can't tell exactly what is going on here. If if y'all don't mind, can somebody comment? And uh, if I am frozen or not, um, just let me know if you are able to see this or not. Because right now, it looks like I am frozen. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Getting words. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. 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 Let's see here. You can hear and see me. Very good. Very, very good. Um, thoughts on Hoganics. Corporate HQ, what's up, man? What is up? Alan, okay, here, here are my thoughts on Hoganics. First, I will tell you that I'm probably not the one to ask about the the ins and outs of organics, and the reason being is that I do not have the microbiology background to be able to fully understand what effects those bacteria are going to have on the soil. I've got a hair in my mouth, and it's driving me crazy. Um, I know that you know they, they claim that it's going to fix nitrogen out of the atmosphere and blah 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 and um, you know consume the organic matter at an increased rate. And the whole bugs in the jug, you know, type mentality. Things that I, I have issue with that. Um, one is it's difficult to regulate the amount of bacteria that's going to be in each jug, meaning. Um, you know, like they, they ran into the issue where 
They had to refrigerate it to keep it from populating during uh, transport where it may be subjected to higher amounts of heat. And so in one particular jug, there may be just way, way, way more bacteria in that particular product than they ever anticipated. And that goes out on a lawn and you over apply it on a lawn and then it begins to rob the soil of all the organic uh, material. And anytime there is any organic material, it's consumed so fast and fed to the plant. And so you get this great flush of growth on the, on the front end. And then there's so much bacteria there that you then have to supplement with synthetic ferts um, more and more and more and more and more because there's not enough organic material to be broken down in the soil anymore. So that's that's one issue, and then they started refrigerating it, and then now I think it's applied in the in the dormant stage, and um, apparently it's not hard for it to come out of dormancy, and so you run into this issue where it could potentially come out of dormancy during transition, and so on and so forth. So. I don't think as an industry we're there yet as far as utilizing bacteria outside of things like, you know, maybe brewer's yeast, um, something that's that's pretty simple that doesn't have just a giant mega effect on, on soil, um, soil health. So uh, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of good things out there. Like I know there's ag biome in North Carolina that is the, the big powerhouse as far as money and bacteria research is concerned. They've got more bacteria in the pipeline than any other company right now. They've got financial backing from Monsanto, Syngenta, uh, Bill Gates Foundation is, is backing them. They're the ones that released the bacteria fungicide called um, Zio, Z-I-O exclamation point. And it is equally as effective as a zoxystrobin. The interesting thing is, is that you can run it alongside a zoxystrobin, which I don't understand how that works, being that um, a zoxystrobin is antifungal, but I, something with the, the fungal bacteria relationship allows them to work in harmony together. Um, the problem is, is that you're going to be spending about $500 an acre to apply that. And it may only be a 28 to 45 day coverage range. So really cost ineffective to be able to use it right now. And I think a lot of that is just because it's still in the research stage, but, but they had such good results. They're going to go ahead and push it to market. Um, so my thoughts on Hoganics is that it's not there, um, in particular Hoganics. They had a great marketing campaign and they did a really good job of bringing a, a product to market uh, for all of us to use. The issue we ran into is that it actually began to do more damage than good the longer it was used. And the last I heard is that Hoganics sold even after all that stuff they've been through for years and years and years, they sold to Ewing for um, I, I think the owners took like a $12 million buyout to have the product that they had and only take a $12 million buyout. Ah, uh, I, to me, to me, it sounds like is it, it's still in the hope and wish phase of, as far as, as products are concerned. Um, Brian, you had a video about experimental carbon. You think the ashes from a burn pile could provide carbon to my yard or in my way off basis here? 
Brad, no, you're exactly right. That will provide carbon. Uh, it's also going to have a fair amount of ash content. Um, and with the ash content, it's going to have a higher pH. So just keep that in mind. If you got acidic soil, yeah, absolutely. Like when I was in Memphis and worked an old farm route, that was kind of the popular thing. Uh, when, you know, March rolled around, April rolled around, and you had Bermuda grass, you burned off all your Bermuda grass. Um, it's going to deposit a lot of carbon back into the soil. It's actually going to heat that soil surface to help it come out of dormancy faster. And um, it's going to recycle a lot of potassium back in the ground. So, yeah, using ashes from a burn pile, absolutely. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that carbon is so absorptive um, that it can actually begin to steal nutrients that are in the soil and hold them there. Um, and then at that point, it's going to take a little bit of time for it to re-release it to the plant. Once that plant comes in contact with that carbon, it can then take it back. So, um, you know, usually when you're using straight carbon, it's, it's recommended to have it inoculated with something else, meaning soaked or prilled or um, has time to age and allow some of those pore spaces and crevices and, and surface area soak up. Uh, some other materials, so that way when it's applied to the soil, it doesn't immediately suck up all those nutrients that are in the soil. Uh, because some of the early testing that was done with straight carbon, they were doing it with uh, trees and hops and stuff. And um, uh, at, the, at the higher end of recommended rates when they were putting it down, it would actually stunt the crap out of the tree or plant in general for a year. And then after that year, the plant would just take off at an unbelievable rate where it had sucked up all those goodies out of the soil and then released them all at one time. And so the, the tree just went from doing absolutely nothing to just bam, exploding out of the ground. So just keep that in mind. Uh, what's up, Stephen Brown? When will Anuvia be available on her Costco will carry? Uh, yeah, Costco will carry the Anu Green, I believe that it is called. I do not know when that'll be available. I would I would contact Anuvia and see when they will be able to sell it there. Honestly, don't know right now. Uh, man, I ate. I, I didn't eat just a ton of turkey, but I did eat some turkey. Uh, I plan on getting a turkey fryer, and then next year we we kind of go all out on the on the different types of turkey. If you know what I'm saying. Matt, what seems the best means of tracking new clients without giving away free grub and insecticide applications for free? This seems to be the common thread, unfortunately. Uh, Gore, baby, man, if you if you want to talk about the attracting new customers, deal that you know that that I I don't like to get into the specifics of 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 my business personally. Um, so if you want to shoot me an email, I'll talk to you about it there. I just I, I don't like doing it out because it attracts so much negative attention um, and it, it, it's, it's it's kind of my gripe with the industry in general is that everybody will tell you you're doing something wrong and the fact of it is that yeah you may be doing something wrong but at least you're doing something so there we go uh, yeah Brad I don't know when they're gonna start selling retail they will be but I don't know when I do not know when What's going on, Miggity? Glad you're able to tune in live. Glad you're able to make it here live. Um, Jacob, what's up, my man? Green Doctor, Ray from Hawaii. Hawaii! 
Uh, Andy said, I did not have the greatest results for Green County 1801. Too low inputs for me, I think, at a quarter pound. Still want to use RGS, but bump up my inputs to hopefully have better longevity where I use liquid. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and I've never gone out with a quarter pound with RGS. Again, I've never used the 1801. Um, I don't like liquid fertilizers because I can't get the properties fast enough to, to do spoon feedings, and that's just kind of my business model. Um, so, um, I have no problem applying humic acid while I apply, um, uh, granular fertilizer, but, um, I do not have the ability to go out with, you know, just a quarter pound liquid and then come back in a two, three, four week interval and hit it again. Um, so, you know, me personally, I found it in an RGS and, and do it, do it that way. Uh, there's no real longevity in liquids. Reasons for using liquids include shortcut turf and needing a spoon feed with the custom formula. There you go, right? That's it. That is it right there. Uh, Breeze, Jacob, we need to do that video. Can we do it on Tuesday, please? Solid ground landscape. What is going on, Skipper? That's my buddy Russell Skipper down in ATL. Uh, Breeze, I use Service Autopilot. Jacob Goddard and me are going to be, <laughs> we did record a video. Uh, but I, I'm, again, I'm not very technically inclined, and so I've wrecked the audio somehow. Um, but we are going to be doing a video that's going to be talking about the different services available to assist in invoicing and scheduling, routing. And uh, because I've got a little experience with Service Autopilot, I got a little experience with Real Green, and then I also used Yardbook when I first got into the industry. So, um, you know, he and I will get into that. Jacob is way above and beyond where I am with Service Autopilot, so um, he can definitely give um, a lot of input as far as what that piece of software is able to do. Um, and it can do a lot. It can definitely do a lot. All of them are able to do a lot. It's just a few of them are able to do a lot efficiently. And I think the two main players that I at least feel comfortable talking about would be Real Green and Service Autopilot. Hope that kind of answers your question a little bit. Um, okay, okay, Jacob, I will call you, and um, get that. We'll get that hammered out. Uh, sorry if I missed it, but is humic acid sold separately in bags and then added to fur? in the first thanks um, it depends on the formulation you buy um, Gore so here's it, it can be either way so if you've got humic DG for instance from Anderson's humic DG is going to be a prill of urea and then they either spray on or they roll that urea prill in a in like a pan mixer with with uh, humate and uh, and control the moisture and and add on like a coating of humic um, you can also get already prilled humic acid and then blend that into a fertilizer you know added added to the bag um, so you can get it separately in bags and then added a fur, or you can get it included on the fur. Um, actually, and you know, for instance, what we're going to be doing with with our product is actually taking the biochar and the humic acid 
and mixing them all together into a single product. So um, it's not going to be like you have April of humic acid, then April of biochar, and then April of nitrogen. It'll be a single pril of humic acid and biochar, and then a pril of urea and ammonium sulfate as a homogenous product. So kind of the idea we're going with there. Um, what kind of longevity can you get out of a liquid fert while staying cost comparative, uh, comparable to granular? Ray, what is Ultramate SG? I do not know. Um, so me personally, my soil types here, I just do not get the longevity out of liquid fert that I do out of granular fert. Um, and I tried some of the slow-release liquids, the methylene urea and triazone urea, which is basically a reaction of urea and formaldehyde. And it puts these long chains on uh, urea that have to be broken down by microbial activity in order to get that can, uh, in order to get that release. Uh, the problem was is that I couldn't get it to release, period. Um, or you would get this real narrow window where it would seem like it would release and then like nothing for a long period of time and then it would release again in the fall. Um, so I was never a big fan of those. And, you know, you can use like, um, use, ooh, what is it called? Uh, a denitrification inhibitor. Um, and that is going to uh, slow the, it's going to stop the urea from reacting with urease. It's a urease inhibitor. Um, and so by blocking the urease, uh, what you're actually doing is uh, stopping the, the urea to uh, NH3 CO2 conversion. So um, you can do it that way, or you can mix it with a, uh, a humate to, and it's not going to slow that reaction, but it will more efficiently deliver your um, your nitrogens and you know hopefully keep you from losing so much to atmospheric conditions. Um, I prefer to use humates or carbon to deliver nitrogen versus a urease inhibitor. Uh, why stop soil biology if you can get the same result by increasing soil biology? Uh, as you know, I'm on the malorganite crack. <laughs> I plan to throw down a pound of them per thousand each month this spring, but after listening, I'm learning best to combine with Kim's. Any suggestions? Um, corporate, I, I mean, really, it, it, come, it comes down to how, however you want to do it. I mean, if you're okay with spending that much money to throw down a pound of them at a time, absolutely, you can. Um, or you can cut your costs in half and combine it with synthetic fur and apply it together. Um, so, you know, if you took a half pound of N from Malorganite and a half pound of N from urea or ammonium sulfate and applied them together, um, you're going to get a very long duration of release due to the carbon in the Malorganite. Um, and you're going to be doing it for about a half the, uh, half the cost. So just keep that in mind. I use compacted pine pellets, uh, horse bedding to add browns to my compost. Okay. Since they break down to a fine sawdust when wet, would they be a good carbon source for the lawn as well? 50 pounds for $7. Um, 
once they become compost, once they have completely broken down miggity, chances are, yeah, they could. Um, but as long as they are not broken down, it's not going to be good because as 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 wood breaks down, it's it's going to in order to break it down, those microbes are going to steal a lot of nitrogen out of the soil. Reactions that take place, and there's going to be a lot of heat generated, and it, it it basically causes a lot of issues with the grass in general. So I would not use it a pine pellet. Um, until it was completely degraded into uh, something darker, you know, almost almost black-like. Um, once it's fully composted, then you can do it. Uh, continue what Kim's mix or no matter Bermuda turf. Thanks uh, for Bermuda turf. I, I mean, really, you're kind of you're 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 kind of uh, I mean, really, you can use whatever you want, you know, urea or ammonium sulfate. Uh, I just find your cheapest source and and do it in a 50-50 blend with your with your malorganite and, you know, throw it down. Or you can do a 70-30 blend, 30% malorganite, 70% synthetic, and throw it down. I wouldn't go any less than a 70-30 blend, and I would try and keep it at like a 50-50 as much as possible. Ultramate is concentrated fulvic and humic dried into a soluble granule. Uh, five pound per acre in 50 to 100 gallons per acre. I like that. I like that a lot. Five pounds per acre. That is, um, so let's see, that would be, just over a tenth of a pound, something like that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Umax, yeah, Umax is the one that I have the most experience with. Um, kind of the interesting thing with Umax in particular with uh, is that I seem to get an interesting color response from Umax that I don't get with just urea alone. And I think it allows, and I, I think it's because you lose so much of a urea application to the atmosphere and runoff that um, by using a product like Umax, um, you get a much more efficient delivery. Uh, it's it's the it's the the whole premise behind you know combining your uh, your urea with a um, with a humic product too is that you get just such efficient delivery delivery without the amount of loss that uh, it just it, it tends to produce a color that you don't get from just urea alone um, so uh, umax is that that's the one I've, I've always used um, there's a generic version from Helena chemical called infix and uh, that was actually what what I used the majority of the time when I used it Right now I'm spraying granular slow release, then going over the yard a second time RGS, then have to go back and clean up the granular with the blower, considering going all liquid, just be able to go over the yard once and no cleanup. Um, CW, yeah, I, I mean, ha, how are you getting down that first application? Are you push spreading and then going back with a, um, with like a skid sprayer and, and doing the RGS application? I mean, that's kind of a, 
process to, to get out, to get out two products like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you could, you could go liquid to get around that or when, uh, when, um, we come out with the granular RGS product, it could circumvent you having to do all that. And you just go out with, with granular. So, What's up, fine turf? That's all right. You can you can you can steal my intro whenever you'd like. Uh, Umax is only used with nitrate and ammonium in as a blend. All urea is troublesome for me. Yeah, yeah, urea is weird. Ray, why do you have so much trouble with urea in your area? I'm curious. Um. And right now, while I've got everybody, um, I will give you an update on where we stand with the development of the fertilizer. Um, can't say a whole lot uh, because so much of this is in a fluid type situation. But uh, again, I'm working with John Perry of Green County Fertilizer. I'm also working with AC Global Energy out of uh, Singapore. They have a plant in Rockwood, Tennessee. They are developing a homogenous, humic, and biochar fertilizer that will be blended um, to spec. It'll have an analysis, something like a 2005 or a 2010. Um, and yeah, it's just it, it. I'm I'm super excited about this. We we are in the process of having material told now, um, and with that told material, we're hoping to develop a little bit of a uh, of a sample size in March, uh, ready for samples in March of 2018. Have a limited supply to go out then. And basically, that's just to get a little bit of material in people's hands, let you see it, feel it, smell it, spread it, watch the results. Um, it's going to be a very interesting product, and uh, that's about where we are with it right now. That's all I'm going to say. And the, the other thing that I'm going to say is that it's it's definitely going to happen. Um, you know, March of next year, we will definitely have a a viable product in hand, and. Uh, what capacity we will have uh, as far as an amount to get out there uh, is, is going to be a little bit up in the air for the time being, but March of next year, we will have something ready to rock and roll. There was one that recommended me, I can't remember the exact name, Hydrex or Hydromax. Uh, Hydrex is another one, I believe, Andy. Um, I believe it is. Uh, Hydrex was okay. That's like the the agrotain comes from Coke. K O C H. Um, and that's going to help hold the uh, the fertilizer in the ammoniacal form. So there you go. There you go. Surge growth diseases, grains is more yellow unless it is getting more than a pound in end and an application I apply half to three quarter pound in per month. Typically unless I'm managing a grow in from plug or spray. Yeah. 
Yep. Warm season turf. Warm season turf. Uh, the Jameis Stat. What's up, Jameis Stat? How are you, sir? How are you, sir? And that's the other thing, too. Managing surge growth, especially in cool season grass, is an absolute nightmare. Um, it is... There's almost no way around it. It's just when you hit that April time frame, um, I mean, it, it, whether it has no fertilizer on it or it has a pound and a half of fertilizer on it, if you put a pound to end down in April on fescue, um, you, it's going to grow an inch, two inches a day. Um, you know, if you put down a quarter pound, if you put down an eighth of a pound on uh, fescue in April, it's going to grow an inch a day and there's just not a, a way around it and so that's a uh it's just a frustrating thing is that there's and here's the other thing too and this is going to be anecdotal but i've heard from a lot of people this year that used ternaxapac on their fescue is that they have way more disease outbreak using t-nex this year than that than you know previously um, so that's kind of an interesting thing, and that's not treating after the disease showed up. That's that's pre-treating um, in anticipation of um, in anticipation of the, the disease outbreak, slowing that that surge growth. So um, that's a it's just a, a, a tough thing. Um, more of a nightmare on warm season that is mode. Season stuff is mowed less than three quarters of an inch. Yeah, when you when you're when you're dealing with um, when you're dealing with warm season grass, that's managing your cut clippings is a big deal in terms of overall performance. So, um, you know, that's kind of a kind of interesting thing here. Getting text messages about this. Getting text messages. Man, for mowing, you're telling me that stuff grows like crazy. Yeah, there's just there's no real way to keep up with the mowing um, for cool season grass, and it's it's just it is it, it is so frustrating um, to try and and circumvent um, that surge growth. It just it, it can't be done. Um, Let's see here. Is your fur going to have any slow release in it or just the RGS to lock it up? Uh, CW, we are going to use biochar and RGS to lock it up. So, no, there will not be any slow release in it. Um, there will be, there will be no need for slow, slow release, really. Um, how much in, if any, are you putting down on fescue in rounds one and two with your pre-emergent? Um, I put down, like this last year, I put down a pound with round one that was going to be in February leading into March. And then March into April, I put down three quarters of a pound. Um, and of that one pound, 40% of it was coming from chicken manure and biosolids. So it was 0.6 pounds of sulfur coated urea, ammonium sulfate, and, and urea. Um, so the majority of it was slow release that I put down. Uh, same with round two at only 0 0.8, 0 0.75, three quarters of a pound. 
the majority of it was organic and slow release and um, it still was just going absolute bananas as far as growth rate so um, there's there there's also you know some some evidence that by utilizing organics that you will have more of a growth regulatory effect you will slow that surge growth um, you know but it is it is what it is Walter Coronado any benefits about adding gypsum um, there's no bad benefit to, to adding gypsum gypsum is calcium sulfate um, so it is it's going to be a good source of, of uh, calcium um, calcium plays a very important role in turfgrass performance um, is calcium sulfate going to have that ability to break apart clay soil like it's advertised uh, I don't know I don't have a whole lot of faith that that it, it, it does now it'll do a good job of flushing salts out of um, and by salts, I'm not necessarily talking about sodium. Uh, I'm just talking about salt ion. So uh, there's a, a difference there. It's going to do a good job of, of, of flushing uh, those ions out of the out of the soil. So um, in that instance, I think that's why they advertise it more as like a uh, a, a buster, a uh, a clay buster. But in reality, it's it's calcium sulfate. There's some evidence to show that calcium in general can soften the soil. So um, you know, there's definitely, there's, I can't really think of any major disadvantage of using gypsum. I don't have a ton of experience with it in calcium in general, but I, you know, typically, um, that hasn't come from calcium sulfate. So, um, you know, just, just keep that in mind. Uh, cool season grass here. I can only find a 1303 barricade. If I could just pit down the pre-emergent, I would. I feed heavy in the fall. The green up nice in the spring. I do split apps in the spring. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of those things. Uh, Shane, you may be able to find a 007. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely all for, you know, you got to catch that. Like, this is the issue I ran into this last year. So I started February 1st, and it had been so warm through the month of January that uh, we're – True Green had been running all winter, and they'd already done their first, you know, round one first application. Their their lawns were way ahead of mine, were way ahead of where mine were in as I was getting out for my first round, and so that was really disheartening for me to pull up, you know, to my yard and then next door is a True Green yard, and that one is smoking green where they've already got furt down. I haven't gotten any furt down, and their yard's way ahead of me. So. Um, you know, it's it's, it, it's it's one of those things, yeah, that, that I firmly believe that, that spring fertilizer application, and, and, you know, maybe that's the other thing, too, is just supplement more with the micronutrient side of things. Dial back your inputs and capitalize on your color from, you know, your micro inputs. So, um, you know, something definitely to play around with. Uh, but it seems like as soon as you hit that, uh, soil temperature with fescue, it's just going to go no matter what. So, you know, I, I, I don't think there's really going to be any way around it. Uh, so wait, for one season, is a pound of in per month okay, or do you recommend otherwise? I want to make sure I'm growing in everyone in the neighborhood. 
Uh, corporate AQ, HQ, yeah, if you can keep up with the mowing at a pound per month, then yeah, you can do that. Uh, but again, you gotta you gotta keep up with the mowing. Uh, if you want to recommend, if you want to be greener than everyone in the neighborhood, um, use a growth regulator in conjunction with your fertilizers, and capitalize on making sure you have adequate levels of micronutrients, um, and that you should be greener than everyone in the neighborhood. And the trick to being greener than everyone in the neighborhood is to make sure you're mowing more frequently than everyone in the neighborhood. The less you cut off the top, the more color you're going to secure because the more uh, chlorophyll you're going to have in those in those leaf blades, and uh, ultimately better color. And you're dealing with 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 Bermuda grass. Uh, the shorter you keep those uh, those stems, space you allow for uh, you know leaf tissue to develop, and the leaf tissue is where you're going to have that green color. The stem is what's going to make it look not as green as everyone else. And the way to keep those stems short is by frequently mowing. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Got a really good stand of fescue, but a lot of clover. Should I wait till spring to get clover under control? Uh, you can, or if it were me, I'd go ahead and spray it now. Um, we got cooler temperatures. Go ahead, light it up, kill your clover out. Be good with it. Fescue clumps, what should I use to fill in between the clumps? I hate it, but like the look. It makes me feel like I'm going to twist my ankle every time I walk across the yard. Um, I don't understand what you're saying, the Jamestad. You got clumps in your fescue, um, or maybe the seed didn't come in really well. Uh, you know that's the great thing about about aerating and overseeding is that it helps to fill in those spaces between your clumps. Um, so, you know, typically that's that's what I recommend. If I have anything where it looks like I've got a stray fescue clump or something, really rough up that area with a garden garden weasel and uh, seed into it real good to eliminate a lot of that gapping from taking place. You will you will twist your tw twist your Twist your ankle. I'm not seeing that growth regulation uh, regulation OM unless you're using non-decomposed OM. Otherwise, we're going to dodge so much surge growth. Nitrates and ammonia are the same no matter the source. I agree, Ray. I haven't really seen a whole lot of the growth regulate or growth regulatory effects from OM. So um, that is one of the uh, selling points that Screaming Green uses, I believe, and. Um, I think overall I did not get the surge growth from Screaming Green just because I dropped my inputs in general. Um, and that was based off their research at Vitech that um, instead of going out with two and a half pounds in the spring, um, I only went out with a pound and three quarters in the spring. And uh, there was a noticeable difference in surge growth, but it was still a crap ton of surge growth I was dealing with, so there it is. Hey, Mr. Martin, what's going on, Colonel Corn? How are you? How are you, good sir? Yes, triggering has horrible fungus problems here as well, too, uh, but I do not like them at all times having a yard that is nicer uh, than mine. Um, 
Hence why I spray everything. That being tied to a package makes it priceless. True Brown, the kings of too much urea. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Grass, real cut, growth regulate, not too much in. Micros for the green. In is only for growth. It sounds like you can drop the in to three quarters to a half pound of RGS in the spring and get some good results. Yeah, you, you could. You could. Uh, if you supplement it, if you're using a half pound of in with RGS in the spring and micros, you could. Absolutely. You can you can maximize your, your color that way. Um, you know, get those plants to fill out and fill in in the in the springtime, and, um, and you know you're you're good to go. You are good to go. Uh, the other thing that's difficult too, if you want a real cut on fescue, you have to get a badass reel mower. Um, you will not be able to do it one of one of those self propelled. Uh, you know, the faster you push it, the faster the blade turns thing. I've watched customer after customer after customer try that, and it just did not work. So if you're going to do it, use a nice reel mower. Do not go cheap with it. You will regret it and end up wanting to throw it away. Evan, what is up, my man? I hope you're doing well. I hope you are doing well up your way. Um, sounds like we did the golf courses. Yep, maybe didn't do it right. I guess I got out the weasel and seed more. Get out that weasel and get some seed down, man. Uh, let's see here. Two, 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 two. Let the bills and banners fly. What's going on, Matt Davis? How are you, sir? How are you? I think maybe putting in some perennial rye in Kentucky bluegrass to fill in until the fescue comes in better. Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to get the Kentucky bluegrass in. I would not use perennial rye. Uh, Try that. Do not. Do not do it, man. Do not do it. Uh, unless you're in an area where um, where perennial rise is a normal turf type. Uh, if you're in an area where perennial rise is a turf type, then yeah, you can do that. You can definitely do that. Uh, let's see here. Trouble getting Anubia and Cali. Ewing says it's all out of state so far, and Target was acting funny style about it. Like they're not even interested. Something about a guy wearing shorts in a demo bid. What uh, Armando? What is Target? What are you saying? Target was acting funny, funny about it. They're not interested in something about a guy wearing shorts in a demo bid. If if they're talking about me spreading material in my permagreen in my pair of shorts, tell them to call me. I'd love to talk to those people. I catch a lot of feedback on that, and I, you know, I probably should when I'm when I'm even when I'm operating my machine, I should be, I should be dressed out. But uh, if they if 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 that's something they want to talk to me about, then by all means they can. Uh, I'd love to talk to them. Uh, yeah, th- that, that's the thing. Yeah, you can real mow fescue. You can, and you can get your get your heights, you know, down lower than what we're accustomed to, and it all comes back into um mowing frequency uh you are not going to be able to mow once a week you know once every 10 days with a real mower at an inch and a half two inches on fescue if you can keep up with uh in every other day mowing frame and then yeah you can get away with real mowing it and and you know probably that that two inches would be my my limit on it at least where i'm at so 
just keep that that in mind. I'm gonna keep on trying probably early next year. Ewing said no, but just for now. Um, that's the other thing. Ewing is the other distributor of Anuvia. That's interesting. Yeah, I think I think they're just scared of California. The other thing too is that the Anuvia is developed from a waste stream. So um, as far as like, like Ray's talking about the environmental police, I could see where they could get a little uneasy about it. Um, so I don't know. They were mostly rolling out Anuvia in the southeast. Fine turf, that's probably right. And the reason why they're probably only rolling it out in the southeast is that their plant is in Florida. So if they can, if, if basically, I, I don't think they have their whole plant operational too. Uh, they're probably only running at 20% capacity, maybe only 10% capacity. And so they may be just struggling to keep up with uh, being able to fill an order on the West Coast when. Uh, basically, they've got that product already sold on the East Coast. Um, I can see that being an issue. Why use a reel when over one inch? I think the cut is poor. Usually lays the grass over before it gets grass, in my experience. Um, it's a good point, too. It, it can. It can. There's Ryan's TV. What's up, man? Um, but I think it also depends on the type of real mower you have, fine turf. Um, if you think about it, if you're doing fescue that's fed properly at two inches, I mean, there's going to be a lot of turgor in that plant, a lot of strength in that plant where you're not going to get that layover that you would at four inches. Um, so by, by getting it to that two-inch mark and maintaining it, it's going to have a lot more spring, a lot more bite in that in that plant structure. Uh, it's going to be a much harder physically plant, not as soft to walk on as like a four-inch fescue. Um, so you you won't get that rolling over and and holding effect um, that you're accustomed to seeing with with a taller fescue. So there's a little bit of training that that is involved there. And and why use a reel is that you're going to get a truer cut. Um, there's just, there's just no doubt about it. Um, the other thing too, is that you can get a similar cut, assuming you've got a mower that can float the deck properly. Um, just by slowing down, if, if, if you've got a machine that's got a very high velocity blade, um, and then just by slowing down, uh, you can also mimic something pretty close to a real cut, but you've got to go relatively slow with it. And um, make sure you, you've got to have a uh, very, very, very sharp blades. Very, very sharp blades. Matt Davis geeks out on you every Sunday night. Christy Davis. Christy Davis, are, are, are you the wife? I'm just guessing if you've got a Matt Davis and a Christy Davis, it, uh, it sounds like a, a husband and wife duo there. So pretty uh Pretty funny there. My wife thinks I'm bananas too, so you know I, I I feel for your husband. It's a real it's a real issue. Uh, let's see. You really need to have a slower clip rate. Clip, clip rate clip rate is important for your blades rather than more and slower rotation speed. Um, I'm in Northeast Indiana. Contractors use perennial rye to cook established lawns here. Thanks for the tip on the perennial rye. I know it's not good, but establishes fast. So we used to real mower Bermuda rough at one and a half inches and it sucked. Never tried fescue. 
There we go. Um, yeah, real, real mowing at an inch and a half is is difficult. Um, with well, even with Bermuda grass, I didn't have I didn't have too too much of an issue at a at an inch and a half. Uh, Greensmaster Towns with an eight blade reel clip kit to slow rotation speed. I did not have a clip, clip a kit on mine. Um, I was using the Toro eight blade though, and I don't remember any major issues with it. But I was also cutting it every other day, so uh, it was doing pretty good. And it was super low inputs we were we had on that Bermuda too, so. Um, actually ca uh, caught all my clippings on it and was able to, and, uh, you know, was not, I mean, I, w I wasn't capturing that, that many clippings off of it at every other day cut, so it wasn't that bad. Pretty technical here as far as uh, real cutting. A uh, little bit out of my comfort zone. I haven't real cut in eight years, so it's something I would like to do more of. I just don't. I don't have a real mower I'm in love with right now. Do not have a real mower I'm in love with. All right, y'all. It is 8.03. We are an hour into the broadcast. So I'm going to go ahead and call it here. Um, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Um, as soon as this ends tonight, I'm going to be throwing up the rest of that soil test video where I'm talking about base saturation levels. And I'll go ahead and tell you now. I do not agree with base saturation levels. Um, I agree more with uh, as long as you are in the required range for micronutrients, that's what's important. Percent based saturation levels are based on a theory that if you have nutrients in certain ratios to others, that you end up getting a better performing uh, soil. And the fact of the matter is, is that you're going to get a good uh, performing soil, whether that they're in a certain ratio or just at the, the minimums of where they need to be. Um, and that was based on the research out of University of Nebraska, I believe. It may have been somewhere further up north where they were able to completely manipulate uh, soil levels um, in sand-based greens by supplementing everything synthetically. And uh, it's not to say that percent-based saturations are wrong. It's just they're not the only way. They're still operating in a theory with percent-based saturations. So just food for thought. That, and the problem I ran into is that salespeople were trying to sell me on products based on percent-based saturations, and it would turn into an argument. So anyway, just keep that in mind. So again, everybody, I really appreciate you tuning in. Um, I'm going to call it, uh, this is going to be an interesting week. I'm this week, try and get Jacob in on the video talking about the programs we use to run our fertilizer, weed control, mowing landscape businesses. I'm hoping next Saturday to be able to do a next Sunday to be able to do a YouTube live with green, uh, with John Perry of Green County Fertilizer, and um, and of course got the results video coming out with the Screaming Green versus Anuvia. Fun stuff, Alfred. 
I may have to become a Georgia fan if this keeps going the way it, it keeps going here in University of Tennessee world. Uh, so uh, I'm not going to say anything about your dogs right now because I, 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 I may be wearing a Georgia hat here for too much longer. I don't know. I don't know. But anybody, everybody, again, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you all have a great, great week, and I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving. So take care. Be easy. We'll talk soon.